Buglers, we are live from Leicester Square Theatre on the 16th of September with Chris Addison and Alice Fraser. It might be our only London date of the year, so get your tickets now. Oh, get them at thebuglepodcast.com. That, that bit's important. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is a podcast from The Bugle. Hello and welcome to Catharsis, the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. I'm Tiff Stevenson, full-time comedian, part-time massively unqualified therapist for this podcast only. Each week I talk to a guest about small gripes, pet peeves, old wounds that maybe need healing. We'll also dive into a topical gripe and a historical beef to see if we can provide some insight, but mainly some catharsis. You can sweat the small stuff with me. This week, I'm very angry about the fact that Kourtney Kardashian has launched a vaginal gummy. Let's just call it what it is. A, a vitamin sweet called Lemmy Purr. Lemmy Purr to boost the health of your vagina. And on her Instagram channel, she says the gummies use pineapple, vitamin C and probiotics to target vaginal health and pH levels that support freshness and taste. It's like a tropical breakfast juice. <laughs> Like, vaginas don't need to taste like a tropical breakfast juice. She continues with saying, give your vagina the sweet treat it deserves and turn it into a sweet treat. So one of the claims that she's making with this new product is that the vitamin sweet supports a healthy vaginal microflora um, containing bacillus coagulans. Uh, And our favourite little trick, or favourite little trick of mine, it balances pH levels because... God knows women can't be walking around with alkaline labias. So this has been immediately debunked as horseshit up there with Gwyneth Paltrow's vaginal eggs. And when celebs have run out of other shit to sell us as women, the vag is the last bastion. Just leave us alone, good God. Fanny candle, vaginal eggs, twat gummies. It's capitalism gone mad, but it's only ever women. Like, if we're to have a truly equal society, I want male celebrities selling arsehole supplements. Make the taint a treat that's sweet to eat, or ball steaming devices. Polish up your girls for summer. You won't regret it. Um, this week, I'm joined by my guest. I know him as my husband. Fans of the Bugle know him as Scottish boyfriend explains a hing. It's director, writer, and Renaissance man. Uh, I call him that because he has four arms and legs like that Da Vinci picture. <laughs> it's Paul Bertolotti. Hello. <laughs> what a pleasure to be here <laughs> and, in the living room that I'm always in. The living room you're always in. How do you feel about this new Lemmy Per vaginal gummy? Uh, that is, um, God, I don't know. How how am I supposed to feel about? <laughs> how is anyone supposed to feel about that? It, can I just 
clarify one thing. When you say it's a vaginal gummy, do you put it in the vagina? Is it in the vag? And your does it? Does your vagina eat it? Is well, that what you're asking? Me that for? is what I'm asking because I think there are some men in the world who that is their greatest fear: is that the vagina has the capability of of doing that. Some men. I'm not. I'm not saying me. I'm just. I'm talking for those poor guys stuck in the basements who are like mm, vaginas are terrifying. The guys stuck in the basement wondering if they're going to get chomped by giant vaginas. Yeah. No, the vaginal gummy is not inserted via the vagina, which would be a pessary. I think that's the technical term oh, okay. for a, a medicine that you put it. I, I could be, uh, there's doctors listening going, shut up, Tiffany. What are you talking about? There's no doctors listening. There's no doctors listening to <laughs> they've this got, They've got important stuff to do. <laughs> Come on. How dare you? How dare you? A lot of people listen to this. Listen, I had a um, a rocket scientist come to one of my shows in Edinburgh, so you can put that back on the shelf, Mister. Okay, sure. Uh, so um, it's it's taken orally. So apparently, it's. I mean, it's nonsense, isn't it? It's just they're coming for our vaginas, and it's got to stop. Mm. You know, unless, like I say, we see equality and we just see it about assholes and balls. I mean, I think there probably should be some more arsehole and ball pampering products because <laughs> let's be fair they're not they're not the nicest it's i would like exactly... to say at the top of the podcast you have lovely balls paul oh thanks darling <laughs> i know that's what everyone came here for what are paul bertloy's balls like <laughs> now you've heard this podcast before you know the score the first section we like to call old grudges so this is where you bring me something from the past that's happened that you feel like you haven't properly digested, maybe, uh, slightly like a vaginal gummy, that <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you've still got residual anger about it. You want to get it out there, feel better, hit me up, Paul. So this is, this is, a, this is a big one. This is a thing that could have changed the very course of my life. Okay, so this is a big grudge. Who, who is the big grudge well, about? And it, the big grudge, I guess, the big grudge is with my dad. Wow, back to the source. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this goes back to when must it have been about the year two thousand, I believe it was. Um, so pre us, yeah, very BT much so. before Tiffany, before Tiffany, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was that? Seventeen BT. <laughs> um, so I was—I can't remember what I was working at, but there was a co- like a, a comp, not a competition. Open casting. There was a co- open casting call on on Radio One that I was listening to, and it was for Star Wars. It was for the second Star Wars movie, and they were casting for the role of a grown-up Anakin Skywalker after the little kid played him in the first one. Um, and so pre-Darth. Before he had turned to Darth, before he had embraced the dark Because I think you could do a good side. Darth. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, when he takes his helmet off, you look like that already. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. So there was an open, yeah, an open casting call. So I sent, I sent my my details in. I took a wee picture, sent it into them, and forgot all about it. And then I went travelling for a year um, to Australia. I went lived in Sydney for a year, and. Uh, when I got back, I was, I was just working with my dad. I was hanging out with my dad one day and he said, 
oh, did I ever, did I ever tell you about when you were away in Australia? That did I ever tell you that that you got a phone call uh, from a from a guy from an American guy <laughs> who was looking for you, um, and he said he was from can't remember who it was. Was it Lucas something? <laughs> I was like, sorry. So, uh, pardon me. You're saying that somebody from Lucas Arts phoned looking for me, and and I and he was like, yeah, yeah, something like that. I can't remember. I told him you were in Australia and that you couldn't come to the phone. And I was like, and you 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 didn't give him my like a forwarding number. It was like, I, did, I you know I thought it was it was pointless because you were in Australia. Some, it was just some American man, some American <laughs> casting director. Listen, I don't know. It could have been. It could well have been just somebody from a boiler room, you know, call centre who happened to have an American accent who was trying to... Who was calling from, who from was, Lucas Films. Well, I, again, I don't know if that's definitely the case. I've, I have I have, uh, muddied the waters in my brain <laughs> so that I can get over this. But basically, the... the Your the dad's sort prevented of, you from com- becoming... Becoming... Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker. Playing Anakin Skywalker in the second episode of Star Wars. Which I, and I fully believe, had I been available to take that call, that I that would was your have destiny. got the part that was my destiny, and I would have become Darth Vader. Did he say, Paul, I am your father? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and someone and called you. You are, yeah. Um, this is this is bad vibes from Ramo. I'm gonna have I to have, I'm gonna have to have a word with him. I think when I next Big see him, Rems but obviously I have ruined it for <laughs> big, big, big Rems. Did you say? Yeah, big Rems, <laughs> big Rems. So there was this possible dream of, I mean, this in many ways comes back to catharsis for a lot of people on this podcast of someone having their dreams crushed early doors. So this was the first, but this wasn't even so much many. first of many. <laughs> this wasn't even so much a crushing of a dream, but just an opportunity that was like a beautiful butterfly that just got your dad's fist. <laughs> no, well, and not even purposefully, not just even purposefully swatted it. Accidentally, you know, sat on it on a <laughs> park bench without even noticing. He accidentally sat on the butterfly of my dreams. <laughs> Like, well, let's unpack this because, firstly, I think you could have made a good Anakin Skywalker. You yeah. and Hayden Christensen don't look dissimilar. No, I think I, I think I had the look. Um, but let's firstly say no prior acting experience. Absolutely not. Oh, no, well, that's a lie. I was in, as every Scottish person <laughs> has to be, I was in an episode of Taggart. <laughs> Contractually, yeah. If you live at in birth, Scotland, at <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> yeah. At birth, you're penciled in at birth. <laughs> For, you know, oh, when will we put them? 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> 20 years so, time. 20 years time. Well, you have to be in the background when he goes, that's been a murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do, did you have a character name or were you like an extra? I, I was an extra. I was a, I was the worst extra in the extra world. Extra fresh. Yeah, I was terrible. I was, at a, I was at a bar at the police, sort of policeman's bar and I was... Uh, supposed to take a drink <laughs> and I kept smacking my pint glass down <laughs> so hard <laughs> the AD kept coming over and going can you just gently put that down because we're, we're really picking up the noise and it's it's over one of the main characters lines and I was like yeah yeah sure sure I can I, I can do that but I was so nervous <laughs> I just kept clunking it down 
Oh. So yeah, that was that so, was the beginning I mean, and the end of my acting career. Beginning and end of your acting career. Now, I believe. I mean, would we even be together? I guess because it's also a philosophical question for me. Maybe we would have. Maybe in another world, we would have met on a commercial. <laughs> That's presuming that Hayden Christensen's career didn't go the way he wanted it to after after he's, Star Wars. So you get right you get career. the part in Star Wars. What happens next? You get the part of you get to winch Natalie Portman. Yeah, which is obviously up yeah. there. And then we would get married, and then none of this would be happening. None of this would be happening. You wouldn't be sat in your own living room talking to me about vaginal gummies. <laughs> so I think we can all almost, agree. <laughs> almost certainly not. <laughs> Who's got the better deal? I think yeah. it's clearly you. Yeah. <laughs> yep, alternate reality Paul has has really got the rough end of the stick. So when you said this to your dad, was he just like, eh? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> he was like, get back to work, yeah. shut up. So this is an interesting, this is an interesting old grudge because it does go to the heart of like, like I said, possibilities as opposed to definites. We're in the world of possibility, what could have happened. And do you think that early like kind of, it's almost like a, carrot that's been dangled in front of you do you think that's what then got you into like filmmaking do you think that's what gave you the bug uh no i no that i mean one of the reasons i applied for in the first place was because i wanted to be i knew i wanted to be involved in film somewhere somehow right um at that point i didn't know that i wanted to direct but i I knew i wanted to be involved right and that's that seems like the easiest way to get in if you don't know much about the film industry is like act yeah, act. Just Be vaguely look, good look looking. Good. Yeah, <laughs> look I think good. I, I think I overestimated. <laughs> my, I think my opinion of uh, of my attractiveness. Oh, well, I did get a phone call from. You did get Lucas a phone call. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Thank you for sharing that with us. It's do you a feel pleasure. a bit better? Yes, I do. I, the The wound is healed, thanks to you and this podcast. <laughs> no, I, I do. I would like to point out that I, I actually could not ever hold a grudge against my dad, who is a wonderful man. He is a wonderful I man. He is. Much. But I should have brought that up at the wedding speech. You I should have. have. Yeah. I should have gone, Ramo, listen, instead Before of being in the Regent's further. Park Marriott, we could have been in the Beverly Hills. Marriott. Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> we could have been in another Marriott somewhere else. Somewhere else. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Up 
Up next, it's topical cream. This is where we attempt to apply some balm to a stingy news story that's got you all het up. So tell me, Paul, what's topical that you want to chat about? I want to talk about wealth and wealth inequality. Is this because I earn more than you? Yeah. (laughs) The wealth inequality in our house. No, that wealth inequality I'm happy with. (laughs) Buy me diamonds. (laughs) Buy me diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) Over the last couple of weeks, we've just had the big oil companies posting their um, massive profits. I was about to say gains, but they're not working out. (laughs) Sweet gains, bro. (laughs) The oil cup shell has just posted its sweet, yeah. sweet gains before going into spring. Do you even bench, bro? <laughs> right. So the oil companies have posted their profits. Yeah, and- they're making billions, and like the their profits have got up percentage wise the same amount as the price increases. Who would have thought it? Yeah. What a what a amazing correlation. Well, here's the thing. Are we not just being totally scammed here? Because in Europe, everyone else's prices have gone up fractionally compared to us. Yeah. Yes, we are. I don't know why. I don't know is how. Brexit? What's happening? <laughs> what? How is this happening? I feel like I feel like wealth inequality has just got a little bit ridiculous over the last five or six years. I mean, it was always bad, but we've we have discussed this. You know, you've got stuff in your stand-up where you talk about it, you know, and, and say, millionaires, sure. Um, billionaires don't don't need them. So you sort of explained this to me, I think, first time out. So, so millionaires and multi-millionaires, I'm all for people making money, going for it, getting out there, earning, having businesses, bringing in cash. Billionaires are actively damaging to the economy. And I think it was you that sort of first explained this to me. Is it because they take money out of circulation? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know what rant I was on when I when, <laughs> when, I've, when you've actually picked up on something that I've said. And it's, Do you mean I've listened to you've something you've listened you've to said. something, some random snippet of something that I was saying and gone, yeah, yeah, that's the bit. They, they're damaging. I don't know. Yeah, they're. I mean, I guess they are damaging. They're, they, you know, it's... They tend to just be accumulating wealth in piles, places. Yeah, I'm accumulating piles, but not of wealth. But not of wealth. (laughs) It is terrifying to sort of think that we are currently, which I've said before, it feels like when you see stuff on TV, it feels like being prepared for like this kind of Dickensian, horrific, like era where they're like, this is how you cook something using less than, 20 pence of gas on the stove yeah it's being normalized and i i don't feel like we should be living in the pages of a samuel peeps diary yeah absolutely we're you know every every other um instagram video is is a hack or something about how you can get your side hustle on that's sort of a thing this morning it's like you can do this side hustle overnight from your own home it's like oh great so i i don't need to sleep obviously but better get my overnight side hustle on where I can, you know, just work 24 hours a day so that I can afford to do anything. Isn't it embarrassing that we're like one of the wealthiest, and this is where people came for me on Twitter when I said this, but like one of the wealthiest nations, and people are like, we're not that wealthy. And I'm like, no, we are. The money's pouring in. Yeah, the it's nation just, is. It's just, the it's people not being, that aren't. Yeah. yeah, it's just not being distributed. It's not trickling down. Yeah. 
uh, trickle down economics. Yes, it's not. Is, it's not very trickly. It's not very. It's not. It's, it's not trickly. Do you think it's uh, regional, or do you think it's just across the UK? Like, do you think that you are more aware of wealth inequality growing up in Scotland, or did you notice it more when you came here? Because um, you seem to notice more Scottish homelessness, or do you think that's like an I intrinsic think bias? I think that's maybe you know you 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 notice what you what you like what you are like if I hear if I hear a Scottish voice on the street I'm, I'm much more attuned to it yeah because it stands out to me because it's you know because I don't hear it that often so I think that's maybe why I notice from that perspective um you know more more Scottish homeless people I don't know maybe there just is I don't think I notice it geographically in terms of like it was less or more in Scotland than it is here, I think it's just over time. Right. I think it's got I worse. Think it's worse now than it was when I was growing up, and or was when I was living in Scotland. Um, and so it's quite hard to know to know what to do apart from sort of campaigning and and speaking publicly. And you have the opportunity to be able to make art or films that kind of address the topics that you care about but I do remember us being you might remember this and this is not funny so apologies listeners but do you remember when we were in New York a few years ago and we'd gone and we were doing like a Christmas shop yeah and there was just an, a guy a homeless guy on the corner just like screaming it was in the middle of the polar vortex yes just like screaming into the wind and the immediate like we went so you could like emptied your pockets, gave him all your money, but we had like these bags of Christmas shopping. Yeah. And then the two of us just went back and sat in the ho- hotel room, just like so bleak. Yeah. It's important that you see these things and can recognize them without just, I think so many people are, are, are desensitized to it because, because if you see it all the time, I suppose you sort of have to be in a way because otherwise you couldn't walk down any street. So yeah, there's a cognitive dissonance that you have to engage in to survive as a human because you can't fix all of the problems in the world. So, and I know that they, I know because I've seen them sort of land on you. I felt them, you know, where you stop and you give money to one person and another and another, and then you're walking around going, how can this be? This is so awful. And then the next step is what what can you do if you can't fix all of it, if you can try and help a few people, but then you have to actively pretend that that doesn't exist in the world so that you can go to work that day, so that you can survive, so that you can earn money. And it feels like the way we kind of deal with homelessness, I suppose, here, like these kind of like anti-homeless spikes, there's such a like... Yeah. Lack of humanity. And it goes back to this idea that, you know, you've got all these billionaires who have all this property that's probably, you know, you told me a stat the other day about the, the amount of empty homes in London. You've got all these billionaires with all this money and it doesn't even take like a fraction of their money to be able to help because it's just whatever accumulation of interest that they're making on it. It's all free money to them. They could they could absolutely change the homelessness situation in this country and and around the world in a in the blink of an eye it just takes the will to do it and that nobody seems to have the will in los angeles and i don't know whether this you know whether there's a possibility that they could do this here but in la well they they're not doing it in la we we before went to they call it skid alley is it skid alley skid row skid row skid alley skid alley 
Skidally. Skid Row. That's what they say when they're trying to move them on. Hey, (laughs) Skidally, get out of here. Um, On Skid Row, that there's like just homeless people and a lot of them are war veterans or with clear mental health issues and because there's no support net in America for people if they're sick, if you have an accident and then even if you're insured, you can come out owing hundreds of thousands you can't go back to work, you lose your job, you lose your house, that's it, you're done. There's just, there's no way of catching these people. So they're on one side of the street, there's all these homeless people and on, on the other, it's just self-storage units, like row upon row upon row, full of people's crap that they don't have room for in their house. So you're like, what that said to me was that stuff is more important than human beings. And how do we change that societally? How do we go, actually, someone's lamp? Yeah. That's like, you know... Yeah. They're building those self-storage places all over the place all the time. And you you think, why can't you build a building like that with a little, I mean, it maybe sounds like it would be prison-like, but just with a, with a room that's got access to running water and a safe bed that you can spend the night. And, you know, there, it, it just seems like such a simplistic answer yeah, to be able to get people back on their feet have a safe place and, you know, an address that they can work from. Well, here's the thing is how easily you become disenfranchised from society. And this is something that the Tories have now pushed through, which is this voter ID. And you think about the millions of people that are now not going to be able to vote in an election in the UK, because if you have no fixed abode, you can't have ID. You know, so it's further pushing. So these people can't even homeless people can't even vote for the change to make their lives better because it only means the people in power you know yeah. and I know Armando's someone who talks about this a lot you know and in America it's, it would just be seen as a form of uh, voter suppression you know so and and that's effectively what it is and I mean I understand the idea of trying to keep the electoral system safe by kind of saying people are who we know we, they are but you can't have this. You can't have it so that there's a whole section of society that are unable to participate in democracy when they're the ones at the spiky end of democracy. Yeah. Literally on a homeless side. Especially spike. when there's more and more of them. It's just, you know, homelessness numbers are, are increasing. So I feel like, and in the spirit of this podcast and it being catharsis, it's cathartic for us to talk about our frustrations. But I, I feel like it's just so hard to know what the best way forward is apart from like trying to support things like the Trussell Trust which I do and trying to support people like Glassdoor but it feels like we we shouldn't be we shouldn't be as a society at a stage where people who work in full-time jobs are accessing food banks and that's where we are and I don't apart from rage and frustration and that's what this podcast is is to like as well as well as being funny is to air rage and frustration at the idea you know and during my shows in Edinburgh you know this I used to come out and go oh this is a party vibe kind of like a Tory MP launching a food bank you know when they cut a ribbon because they know how to read a room yeah we're smashing a bottle of champagne off a homeless shelter next week Let's all, you know, like... If they were building homeless shelters, I'd be all for it. You'd be all for it. Let them have a bottle of... have a little bottle of champagne Yeah. So, yeah, we're just raging. And I don't know that there is any healing for this apart from just revving ourselves up um, and... Yeah. Revolution. Revolution. Take to the streets. 
like the French. Like the French. The, the French know how to protest. French Let's say know that. How to protest. You know, they, they know, know how to how smoke to and protest. Both of them, which are important. <laughs> okay, it's time to move on to unpopular opinion. I'm singing it this week because I don't know what it's going to be. This could be spicy. <laughs> My husband has My an unpopular, unpopular opinion. My opinion is you shouldn't sing the titles of the seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> By unpopular opinion, I mean something you love that everyone else hates or vice versa. Well, I don't know if everyone else loves it, but I know you do. <laughs> and so my unpopular opinion is um, that there should not be fruit machines in pubs. Get out. There shouldn't be fruit machines in pubs because then every time we went to the pub, which is very rarely, but every time we went to the pub, then uh, I wouldn't have to sit on my own while you went and played fruit machines. <laughs> Maybe you should be more interesting, and Paul. Took, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Okay, I see. Um, this is my fault. So, so is it because you think... Actually, I'm going to extend this to also... In fact, possibly more so, fruit machines in service stations. <gasps> They're like shiny guiding lights when you've been on a long journey. You've been on a long journey and still have quite a long journey to go. The thing that you don't want is to be searching around a service station <laughs> for your wife, who's then standing in front of a fruit machine going, you got any coins? You got any coins? I just need a couple of coins. I've almost got it. I'm a coin goblin. You are. So... Look, when we first met, you knew that I liked to, I was about to say a tipple, but it's not a tipple. No. It's a flutter. A flutter. I like a flutter, like a butterfly that's been squashed Which by your dad's squashed. fist. <laughs> I like a flutter. Well, there you go. <laughs> like father, like son, I'm squashing this butterfly. Yes, I um, I do like a flutter. And I used to say, um, if I see a fruit machine, in a chip shop, I'm like, result, one of my five a day. I, I am very drawn to, I'm like a magpie for like flashing lights and sounds. Yeah. I don't know if it's my ADHD. Mm, but... I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if it could possibly be. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> and then I get the little adrenaline rush and I just enjoy it. But I like, I, I guess it, ca- it could be seen as antisocial, but at least if I'm playing a fruit machine in a pub, I am in a pub as opposed to playing an online casino, which can also happen. Um, my dad likes to, to have a, you know, used to do, not so much now, but he used to do the football pools. He used yeah. to do horse racing. Yeah, used to have a little flutter on the horses. Yeah. You'd always ask him for a tip and he'd yeah. never give you one. Never give me a tip. Wasn't if He thought it might jinx his yeah, winnings. Yeah, luck. He'll just give me some of his winnings, but he won't tip me on a horse. Yeah. Um, so Cheltenham's coming up actually, which was the big the 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 OG super spreader event mm. in the UK. Um, but uh, you won't play a fruit machine. Occasionally, I can just sort of draw you into playing with I me. I think it's cause I don't understand them. Anytime we went to the puggies, which, the puggies, <laughs> which is the blanket term uh, that you called an arcade. Um, although I think puggies are literally the fruit machine, the fruit machines. But we, I would, I'd be playing the games. I wanted to play Double Dragon. I never understood them. I never understood. There's so many buttons. I don't know what's going into a feature and what's not. Are you impressed you know, by my athleticism? At least, with, at least with Time Crisis 2, I know I'm just picking up the gun and shooting somebody. 
Are you impressed by my athleticism and skill when you see me on a fruit machine? Athleticism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I'm holding and when I'm doing the little tricks so I can see what's on the reel after and stuff, when I'm so doing the little cheats. You mean crouching slightly so that you can look at the reels? Yes. That's the athleticism you're talking about? Yeah, Dylam, I am so impressed. There is that. sometimes a thing, like if you press the cancel and then the hold, you can find out. Yeah. If so, the guaranteed so wins coming, stuff like that, you yeah. know. So, Paul, how far do you want to take this no fruit machines in pubs? Are you saying that we shouldn't have any gaming in pubs? Are you saying that we shouldn't have no darts, no snooker? No, there's not snooker um, in pubs, there's pool. There's not. There's pool. Or if you're in America, snooker. 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 Um, I mean, part of me thinks that, it, yes, that For pubs, the purity pubs of- should just be just... <laughs> miserable old men <laughs> sitting in silence um but no I, you can't you can't um like the banshees yeah banshees yeah, yeah. Of yeah exactly that's what you want you yes. just want to sit opposite someone and you want them to not talk to you while you drink your pint that is that's all i've ever wanted <laughs> is to just be surrounded by people who don't talk to me right but like me Unf- like, that's me a- like me enough to, to not talk to, to, not to talk to me <laughs> that does oh, sum you up but unfortunately you married someone who is going to talk at you yeah pretty know. much constantly um no i don't think you can ban uh darts or pool I think, or, or that wee one you know with the skittles with the ball that you knock over oh that's the all. wee one with the skittles and the ball yeah what are you talking talking about bowling no. What are you talking about? You absolute lunatic! This is, this is this is where this is where um, uh, I was going to say small town Scottish boy meets London girl with like what the wee well, one with the string and the ball and the I'll, skittles. I'll tell you what my reference for this is. <laughs> I think it's um, I think it's in a hard day's night when Ringo goes off in the huff. And he goes away on his own and goes to a pub and he's playing that game in a pub on his own. So it's a very much a game from the 1960s oh and before. And I, it's a, quite let's, a niche ban, let's ban a hoop and a stick in pubs around the land. I mean, that's, a, that's obviously a, a sensible rule. Ball in a cup, playing, cup playing ball, that's come back. In a pub would be cup, madness. Ball cup. Cup and ball is back. It's back. Back. Making a big comeback. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm not advocating banning any of that stuff. Any of those games from pubs. Only fruit machines. Because it's because that's single player. There's no competition involved. Arcade games? No... A single player? Yeah, but in an arcade. Yeah. You don't, there's no... You're, you might you're... see a Pac-Man in a pub. I don't know what the year this is. I mean, this is what like, this is like you your Skittle to... game now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing your unpopular opinion, Paul. I mean, it may only be unpopular with you, but that's that's enough for me. Well, <laughs> we should ask around. Let us know, listeners to the podcast, whether you agree with Paul that fruit machines should be banned, hard banning from pubs, or maybe just pubs that I go into. Maybe everyone else is allowed to play them apart from me. Uh, thank you for yeah, sharing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your unpopular opinion. It's time to to move on to our historical beef. Historical beef. Uh, Oryx, 
as we began calling it, but it has just become historical beef because no one seemed to know what was meant by oryx, which is a prehistoric cattle. Oh, God. So we thought we were being clever. Yeah. And this is sometimes what happens when you direct my stand-up. You're like, yeah, do you, are you being clever? Is it funny? You might say that's quite a good question for stand-up. <laughs> I might. I might. Um, and what I'm bringing... Now, I normally pick a historic beef. I normally pick two historical figures, so uh, important historical figures. So for this one, I've picked historical me and historical you. So (laughs) (laughs) So it's, uh, as we are very important historical figures, it's Paul versus Tiffany. It's the big feud on time as a concept. (laughs) We don't argue about much really, do we? Um, yes, we do, actually. <laughs> go fuck yourself, Paul. <laughs> well, one of the things that we seem to struggle with, I guess, is my lateness. I talked about this, or I do talk about it briefly in the new show, but during the lockdown period, I was sort of late for every Zoom meeting that I had. And eventually you turned to me and sort of said, I don't understand how you could be late for something in your own fucking living room. Um and I said chronic tardiness is a state of mind, not a destination. I'm sort of trying to explain to you that time for me is like a Salvador Dali painting. Yeah. <laughs> it's all melted clocks and suddenly I'm in the middle of the desert and you're like, we're supposed to be at my mum and dad's for three. Like, what's going on, Tiffany? So I struggle to time keep. So I guess this is one of our constant ongoing feuds. It's an ongoing feud. It's historical and current. Yes. Ongoing with no foreseeable solution. But you're also late. You're also quite tardy. So that can be Um, frustrating to have a late person come at you about your lateness. Am I? Is that, (laughs) is it me? Is Is it it me that's late? (laughs) Is that what you're saying? It's my fault. Okay. I think that's interesting. I think you are not as consistently late as me, but I do think you are. I think once you've been in a relationship with someone who is consistently late for the and has always been, and no matter how uh, what you do or how early you tell them that the the you know the the dinner is or that you're supposed to be there to trick them into being ready early when they when none of that works, I think you just you settle into it and go well, fuck it. Let's just let's just all be late. Let's just be known as a couple who are consistently late that nobody can rely on. At least we're known as a couple for something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the main thing. Um, so what you're saying is I've made your life more chill. Yes, I've, I've given how, you. I've given you surrender. You to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if that's how you want to look at it. But I do think, I do think, not as late as me, but I do think you can be a bit late and can be a bit... Everyone can be late. I think that everyone has, you know, sometimes something goes wrong or sometimes you, you you know, you sleep in a little bit or or whatever. I think it's... it's, I underestimate how long things take. Yeah. But also you you also won't be told, right, you know, it takes you an hour and a half, Tiff. And we're leaving in an hour and a half. So maybe now is the time to start getting ready, perhaps. And you go, no, I will decide. <laughs> well, also, because that's like you're my boss. Tiffany, it takes an hour and a half. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
now we yeah. get into my impressions just offering, of pool just section. Solutions just solutions being absolutely shot down. Shot down, offering solutions. Here's the thing. Everyone that meets Paul and knows him to on a, I don't want to say a surface level, but like to a casual degree is like, Paul is the most chill person alive. And I'm like, Paul is so bossy. <laughs> and I think that's why you're a director. You need a little bit of bossiness to do that. But everyone thinks that Paul is just this chill person. I'm very chill, I'm very chill when I direct as well. You are. I'm not saying you're awful, you're awful, but you are bossy. And you need to be bossy to be a director. You need to be able to take a thing by the... Sometimes you need to be able to hide the bossiness, but you've got to be bossy because you're the it, boss. Sure. I think bossy is, is a word to describe it as... You don't like it, do you? Well, it... it Stop being a... bossy then. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's nothing I can say to that. No, I, I, I don't know why I struggle so much, apart from it being executive dysfunction from ADHD, which we like the sound of because that sounds like a Demi Moore film. Uh, from the nineties, but I don't know how, like, I just, I just really struggle. And even when I try, I'm, I'm making like a conscious effort to try to get stuff together and, and be on time. Again, I, th- I, I think I start negotiating with myself about how long a thing can take. And then I just go, well, I'm not washing my hair because washing my hair seems to be the big, long time suck that I'm like, that is half an hour. To 45 minutes if I've got to wash my hair because I've got to blow dry it because my hair's not you're laughing at me I'm laughing because because this is what you go through every time instead of just going okay I'm just going to go to the bathroom and wash my hair right now instead of spending the 15 minutes going well if I don't wash my hair then it gives me this amount of time and I don't have to do this blah 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 and then you've thought about it for 20 minutes that you could have just done it could have just done it I can imagine if I'd just done it imagine Imagine you just well, did it. Yeah, negotiating with myself is a big one. <clears throat> is negotiating, and that's why I do my makeup on the train. I mean, I've got lots of great things out of uh, not giving myself enough time, like stand-up routines about doing my makeup on the train. Because I'm always, I always end up being, I'm like, is this an extra half an hour in bed or an extra half an hour around faffing in the house that I can do? So then I get on the train and I do my makeup there and I treat it like my bathroom. Yeah, I mean. It- the the levels of efficiency that you that you're able to to have doing that because of <laughs> you know because you leave yourself no time is quite <laughs> extraordinary and i just i just wonder what your life would be like if you were that efficient and also had some time management skills well i think it's good because this does feel like actual therapy for me. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I've always, I think I've always been like that. I've always been a leave everything to the last minute. So whether it was like revising for exams and then I'm like cramming like minutes before I go in to do it. And then I somehow managed to like ace an exam. <laughs> like I walked into my English exam 20 minutes late and I still got double A in English. I know you're pulling a face, but yes, if I did, if I did in certain areas where it's a bit more difficult, if I did apply myself, but I just, yeah, I struggle so hard with, I find like little pockets and then I can be really, really super focused. Again, this is ADHD stuff, but I find myself able to laser focus on something and really achieve. 
And then the rest of the time I'm like, you're like, your brain's rattling around. It's like a pinball. Yeah. I think what I'm going to need to do is start to get you to blare like, uh, like an alarm throughout the entire house that goes off consistently until I get into the shower and wash my hair. Or um, like, you know, if you're going to be bossy, yeah. it might as well have like you Sergeant Major. Sounds like a Major. fun solution. <laughs> sounds like a fun. Won't cause problems in our marriage at all. Thank you, Paul, for your insights <laughs> into <laughs> like, my issues. I feel like that was all you, but yeah. yes, you're welcome. <laughs> Husband of mine, Wife. Paul Bertolotti, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's actually been really fun to do this with it. It might have been my favourite. <laughs> I love how surprised you said, it's actually been quite fun. It's actually been enjoyable. Speaking with you. Imagine, imagine enjoying spending time <laughs> with your spouse. I can't believe it. Um, before we go, do you have anything to plug? Tell us what you've got to plug. I've got a new uh, music video that I just made for the wonderful band Paper Hands that's going to be coming out soon. I am just about to shoot another short film, so that'll be coming out hopefully in the next couple of months. You've got a film, so this is what Paul is terrible at PR. You've got a film at festivals a at film the at moment festivals you've directed. If you happen to be at one of the festivals that it gets accepted to and happen to remember what it's called, which is I Have Heard You Calling in the Night, uh, then go, go to- and watch it, and it's brilliant. I'm very proud of it. Go to Paul's Instagram page and you can see what he's working on. Do that. You can catch Backstage with Catherine Ryan on Amazon Prime, which you've done work directing on, or Mo Gilligan's show. So go check those out. But go find Paul on Instagram. And if you enjoy Scottish Boyfriend Explains a Hing, you'll enjoy his content on there. I am on tour. So go to my website. The tour dates are finally up there now. tiffstevenson.co.uk Thank you for listening to the podcast. Do give us a like, subscribe, review, all that jazz. We will see you next time. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.